0: This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. I'm your host, Leanne Castellino. Today's show features a bit of a change of pace. Instead of a hot topic in parenting, we've got something a little different lined up for you what it's like to weave personal with professional and being a parent. That's precisely what our guest today is taking on. He is an award-winning stand-up comedian who spent more than two decades headlining venues across North America and around the world. Steve Patterson is also the host of The Debaters on CBC Radio, an author and a father of two young girls. His second book and latest comedy album focuses on parenting. Steve joins us today from Toronto. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you for having me, Leanne.
1: Certainly being a parent can provide endless content for those of us who aren't comedians by profession. What made you decide to make that the focus of your latest comedy album, which is called Patter Dad" Volume 1?
2: Well, uh, a lot of my comedy before this has been, ironically, was more about my dad and it was still family stuff, but it was me you know on my own and stuff about my older irish dad and then i realized now i am the older dad so uh before my kids start making jokes about me i better make jokes about them myself and uh that was their uh you know kids are an endless source of material and they'll be um they're already pretty much funnier than me in a lot of respects so i thought i better get one one more kick into the can out before they put their own albums out as retorts you know
1: Because that's going to happen sooner rather than later, right? No doubt.
2: I I think so. They can work technology better than me. They'll just record an album while playing in their room. I won't even know about it.
1: (laughs) Um, So significance of the name Patterdad, obviously Patterson's your last name, but is there any other hidden meaning there? (laughs)
2: <laughs> no i I wish I could say it was deeper than that, but I'm like I'm not i a lot of my material has been about being a son. this is about being a dad, so it just seemed like a very quick transition from Patterson son to Patterdad, dad, but I'll be patter dad for you know a long time now, so it's uh I'm just trying to get trying to get ahead of it you know
1: mm-hmm. now you became a father later in life. I wonder what elements of your journey to becoming a dad. Have provided the most fodder for you in your stand-up routine.
2: Well, I think it's just all encompassing. You know, uh, anyone that has kids knows when your kids are young, that's it's you've you're learning on the on the go, you're learning on the job, and you're spending as much time as you possibly can with them. I, I you know I have to travel quite a bit, but when I'm home now, I'm not going out and about town. I'm hanging out with with my girls and. Uh, and I'm, you know, finding entertainment in, in that. So I mean, where I used to make jokes about what's going on in the world and what's going on in these different places I go, I, I prefer to kind of find the comedy at home now. And I think a lot of people do relate to that, obviously. Being parent is, it's like the most adorable kind of house arrest, isn't it?
1: That is a very interesting way of looking at it, for sure. So how different is it then, um, you say, you know, talking about, uh, being with your dad in that relationship and that comprised a lot of your material going from that to now being the dad and the parent and talking about your family through that lens
2: yeah there was it was a twofold kind of transition for me because i went from lots of lots of material about being the youngest of five irish boys to now being the dad of two girls, I mean it's it was a twofold thing as far as not only am I suddenly a dad, I'm a dad to girls, and uh, we didn't have girls in in the house growing up. we were I was the youngest of five boys, so it's a completely different dynamic now. And yet, you know, there are some things that are that are the same between girls and boys, but there's some things that are just inherently distinctly different. And uh, I'm enjoying learning about it (laughs) as I go. It doesn't matter what it says in any book. Uh, Every adult man has to learn to be a dad to a a young girl. There's just differences when you grew up with all boys.
1: So take us through that journey, Steve, in terms of what kind of preparation or, you know, what kind of um, mentors, let's say, did you have to help support you to raising your first daughter and now two?
2: You know, I my dad uh, my dad remarried when I was about nine, which is my oldest daughter's age now, and and, and my stepmom had all daughters, so I inherited a whole family of, of sisters when I was about Scarlett's age now. So, I've gotten a little bit of of insight into that. They're a very supportive, you know, kind family, and and I just saw the way that that whole thing kind of softened my dad from being around maniac boys all the time and not that all boys are maniacs but i can say uh, that my my family was was, was uh you know, not the main not not the mainstream so you know it he definitely softened around the edges when he uh, not only remarried but then you know inherited stepdaughters to go along with it so that that helped
1: me along so you also have the benefit of a being part of a blended family as well for further content
2: Well, I'm gonna try to. This one's all I can handle right now. No blending, thanks.
1: This is good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about your journey to becoming a dad. Um, Now, you and your wife had a little bit of difficulty conceiving. Um, It's obviously not an easy topic, generally. So, how do you go about turning something like that into something entertaining?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I give my wife Nancy credit for even including that in the book, because it wasn't something I was going to talk about. It's there. It's pretty difficult to find any, any humor in that at all. But once I started talking to some people about it, I realized that a lot of my friends went through it as well. It's just not something people generally talk about. And I thought, you know, if I could talk about this honestly, and maybe find a couple laughs in it, I should include it because more people than you think have gone through that. And that I have to say is the number one feedback I get about the book was people thanking me for talking about that and including it and realizing there is, you know, you might, might as well try to find the light side and something like that. It's not light to go through it. Um, But uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's something people do go through and they kind of go through it and don't tell anyone because it's whatever it is, but there, there's certainly a couple of lighter moments in it. And uh, you know, that's where, that's where I, uh, try to support other families that are going through it because it's so much more common than you think.
1: This is Where Parents Talk. I'm Leanne Castellino with award-winning comedian Steve Patterson, whose latest comedy album focuses on parenting. Speaking of that topic and some of the lighter moments that you found in it, could you share some of those with us?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, there's a whole section in the. (laughs) In the book, I don't know if I got too much stand up out of it in the album, but, you know, we had we were going to a a fertility clinic and it ended up that we would get an automated call like from uh, I I think I I think I dubbed the voice robo pimp, which is not the technical name of it, but uh, they would tell us when it was time for, you know, maximized efficiency of conception or something, some term like that real romantic and uh, one of those calls came in when my new brother-in-law was visiting town unexpectedly, so I we had to tell him, yeah, Steve can't go see you just yet because we've got to try to conceive a child right now. And then I had to go meet my new brother-in-law, him having to just known that I've just... Tried to conceive a child with my with my wife slash his sister, so I I don't know that I'll ever be in a more awkward situation, and he'll probably never be. But at least I talk about it. I'm sure he doesn't want to bring it up, but I I found a way to talk about that in the book, and you know that kind of led to uh, we once we kind of let ourselves relax, and we went to the Grey Cup, and I had to uh, perform some shows in the Grey Cup, and that ends up being where our first child was conceived not in the party uh but you know that that weekend so so uh it's it's funny because people say you know you got you just put too much pressure on yourself and it really does have an have an effect but yeah Brent Brent Bud wrote a whole section <laughs> of the book because I partied partied for a weekend with Brent Bud and then suddenly I was able to have a baby so I'm not saying Brent Butt's the baby whisperer but I'm not saying he's not <laughs>
1: Thanks for the clarification, by the way, about the great up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't want him. To, I don't want people to start calling him with like, can you
1: help us? <laughs> so on that note, Steve, do you run any of your potential content by your wife, by your young girls uh, before you actually use it?
2: That's a good question. And I, I may have to start with my youngest daughter because she is, she really has a lot of questions about everything and, um yeah, I feel like I'm gonna have to sign something before I have conversations with her in the future. She's really she really wants to make she wants to know what why we're talking about what we're talking about. But my wife trusts me. She knows that this is what I do, and you know, she knows that I will be respectful, I think, about anything that I that I share. And my daughter Scarlett is she's well on her way to to uh, writing her own comedy anyway. She's opened up a couple shows for me just saying it's five minutes till showtime and she I have not asked her to, but she's written some material into those show openings for people, so she can't wait to uh, to share things with people. And uh, yeah, I, I think they're okay with it. It's only Nora that'll be like, "Dad, you're embarrassing me," and you know, maybe make me sign some sort of cease and desist order. She's four, so I feel like I have a couple years left, but
1: maybe a couple of years, Steve.
2: Maybe, yeah, yeah. No, she's quite smart.
1: Steve, are you ever concerned that parenting content may not fully resonate? with your entire audience at any given time?
2: You know, that's a good question. And you do always, you always hear that. I think, you know, comics, when you're younger comics, you're like, well, I don't want to talk about what old people talk about, what older people talk about. Uh, But I think it's just the stage that where you are in life and my theory on talking about family things, you know, everyone has has family connections. And even if it's, you know, Even if you don't have a real close relationship with your parents or you're not a young child that's still living at home, you still have memories, at least some of family life. So, you know, I think everyone comes from a family in one form or another, and it's going to be a way to to unite through comedy. And it's it's weird because reading all the books about going to have a, you know, when we were trying to get pregnant and then when we were pregnant, a lot of those books are very, you know, medical medicinal kind of advice and textbook things that's not real life so I think it's good to have some real life things out there and one of the other parts of the book that people seem to talk about a lot is is when my wife had to you know I don't know another way to say this so suck the snot out of our baby's nose I didn't know that was a thing that humans did and uh walked in on my wife doing that to our to our daughter uh to Nora actually while I was trying to sleep with Scarlett so it's that's something that all parents know about, you know, you don't uh, think you'll ever talk about it, so <laughs> it's it's funny if you start talking, yeah
1: well, it's funny because you're bringing back memories, and yes, your description really? is exactly that. There's no other way of describing it <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right. I'm trying to be more literary here, but there's really not some I, sometimes you just gotta suck this knot out through a <laughs> tube, you know. <laughs>
1: Well, in the contraption, right, that's a whole that's a whole piece for you to explore in your in your routine, Steve, the actual contraption that you use to to do the deed.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've, I'm have i still traumatic. It's still it's it's still like I, I walked in on a, a unicorn being hunted down or something. I've got I got to get it out of my brain,
1: I guess. <laughs> now, you talked about um, your book, which came out in 2021, and it's called Dad Up longtime comedian first-time father how much did the book if at all help you with the comedy routine Patter dad volume one
2: well it, it really made me understand that I could do a whole set or a whole show based on on being a dad I mean it, also the you don't hear too many things about the advantage of go living home through a pandemic for a couple years but that gave me the time to write a book to you know, really be there day in and day out and see what was going on. And uh, and there was just so much material in the book that I could draw from for stand-up. I mean, I really could have just read, read the book. one of the tracks on the album is literally just me reading the forward to the book. So, you know, it does become a very... I did actually did an audio book version and it was the easiest audio book I've ever had to read because it's just experiences. You know, I didn't really try to, <laughs> to you know, not to make it any more literary than it is. It's uh it's family life. So uh, everyone, I think everyone can relate to that. And, uh, yeah, I really don't back down from it. You know, my my kids kind of try to outsmart me all the time. They succeed a lot, and uh, I'm I'm fine with that, with that. I I, and I've noticed, you know, now that I'm, gone through being a young boy, I've noticed how different, the young boys are to the young girls, and it's uh, I'm not saying any is better or worse, but man, it's pretty easy to spot the difference right away. So.
1: Mm-hmm. That's uh that's a separate book and a separate album. I can, I can feel it Probably out. is,
2: but I don't <laughs> know if the world's ready for boys will be boys. You know that kind of stuff. There's lots of lots of common traits.
1: More ahead with our guest, award-winning comedian, author, and father of two, Steve Patterson. When Where Parents Talk returns, stay with us.
0: Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino.
1: Welcome back. I'm Leanne Castellino here with you on 105.9 The Region. Parenting can often be no laughing matter, but our guest today begs to differ. Stand-up comedian Steve Patterson has made parenting the focus of his latest comedy album as a dad of two girls aged 9 and 4. Steve, what would you say has surprised you the most about being a father?
2: Uh the hours, I think it's pretty relentless. Uh you know, I didn't realize it would be a day job and a night job and an afternoon job and I, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Of course I realized it. And I travel a lot, so it's really on, on my wife more so than, than I am. But, you know, I, I do really feel for my wife when there's times when my girls just don't want, you know, they spend more time with her. So they'll, I'll be trying to put my daughter to bed and she'll be like, no, I want mommy. I'm like, but I'm here. I'm here right now. I'm ready. She's like, no, I want, I want mommy. And she's got to, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm, I'm trying all the, I put in all the time that I can, but you know, Sometimes daddy's just not uh, not good enough. So that's that's been a tough part about it. And really, it's just a, a relentless job. But there's lots of great moments in it. And you kind of find the joy within those moments rather than kind of looking outside it, I think.
1: So how do you go about managing that? You talk about traveling a lot, being away from home for chunks of time. Is there such a thing as dad guilt in your world?
2: A hundred percent. I felt it. uh, I mean, especially because the world was still going when, when uh, Scarlett was born. So I, you know, she was a month old and I had to go on the road for a month and our, my mother-in-law came to be with uh, with Nancy and I I felt every minute that I shouldn't be on the road. But unfortunately we've not, we've yet to master building a comedy club in the house. If I could, I would, I would just, (laughs) <laughs> walk you back through the show and then walk through a door and be home already. So, um, it still is very tough to be away. And they're, they're in, they're in their young years where they're only going to go through things one time and I don't want to be away for that. So I'm making a conscious effort to, you know, if I'm going away, it's got to be maximized efficiency. You know, I've turned down a lot of things that are going to keep me on the road too long. I just don't, I don't want to be away too long. So, uh, it's definitely changed things. And I, I think for the better,
1: Now, on managing guilt, are you the type to overcompensate or do you have rituals that you lean on in order to sort of make up for that lost time? Well,
2: particularly when you have, let's just hypothetically say, a month-long comedy chore right before Christmas, uh, you tend to come back with a sack full of stuff bigger than Santa's. And uh, that's certainly the case for me. me This year, I was just on the road for a couple of weeks and uh, definitely picked up something for the girls everywhere that I went and you know my wife's only i won't say request it's a demand now is to stop bringing home stuffed animals because they have certainly overtaken the house um but i always try to find a little something wherever i am to come back and the girls know i am so they're i mean before i've stepped in the door they want to know what i've what i've gotten for them so it's they've got that to look forward to i'd love to say that my girls are not in any way materialistic but they always want to know what, what did i bring home for them when i, when I come home
1: Steve, in what ways would you say that being a parent, becoming a dad, has fundamentally changed you?
2: I think in almost every conceivable way, to be totally honest, Leanne. Uh, you know, just the the stand-up comedy life is, you know, one of the most, uh, I don't want to say, it. it's individualistic. You know, you you get to see your friends in different places on the road, and it's great. When you have you know friends from school that you can go visit, and your your schedule is yours, and that that's a fun part of things. But you know it's really an individual existence, and um, to have the family life to come back to now, I you certainly not you don't feel like you're missing anything when you're away, and there's not a family to come back to. And Now every every day that I'm away, I feel like I missed something. So it changes things that way, and we're fortunate that in the summer. I have a show that I do in Woody Point, Newfoundland, every year that the family comes out with, and I'm trying to do more and more of those things now, where I can bring the family with me on the road and experience some of those things. and uh, And the girls like the travel, obviously. So it's uh, it's it's changed fundamentally everything for for me.
1: So was family life and becoming a dad something you always wanted?
2: you sort of don't know until you find the right person, right? If I didn't have Nancy, who's probably the world's best mom, I know it's a tie between many, many moms, but she's, she's in there. Um, you find that person that's so strong on their own that, that you you feel okay. I like I to be away a little bit because they're going to be, they're going to be okay. They're in good hands. So, you know, I never thought about it really until I I met Nance and the fact that I had to go away for a month when our daughter was only one month old and the first <laughs> go around was a pretty good indication of how things were going to be and they they're okay. But I do I just miss being at home whenever I'm away and honestly, and it's weird, but one of the great things about doing material about them is I I'm giving them a bit of a shout out every every night. You know, I'm saying this is what my daughter. Scarlett does this is what my daughter Nora does I mention them by name and then they're they're part of the show even though they're not there so and I don't know that that'll that'll ever stop for me now and some comments or some people are like oh you're only going to talk about your family well maybe I don't know that's that's become the world so try to try to make them characters in your show you know
1: so for people who may not be familiar with your brand of comedy how would you go about describing that
2: that's a good question. I don't really know what the you know what the brand would be. I mean, a lot of people know me from hosting the debaters, so they uh, they'll my stand up's definitely different than that because I don't get to do a lot of of uh, stand up while hosting the show. I do like to talk about what's going on in the world, but I'm generally talking about it from the context of being a dad of daughters now, as opposed to just a person observing the news. So. And it's I've always been a pretty clean comic, so I think, you know, when people say above-the-belt comedy, some people think, oh, that's, what is it, kids, children's comedy? Not really. It's just, I I think anyone can try to be funny by, by a tirade of swear words. You know, kids think it's just the swear words themselves are funny, so I'd sort of think of comedians that swear a lot as sort of being stuck in a bit of a juvenile phase, so I've tried to come beyond that and... Um, and just, you know, do stuff that everyone can laugh at. If, if I'm making fun of someone in the room, I want them to be laughing the loudest. And a lot of that has to do with my daughters too. You know, I don't want them making fun of people unless the people can laugh along with them. That said, you know, my daughter Scarlett, if she's inherited anything genetically from me, it's the ability to come back to a comment, which will probably get her in some trouble throughout her life. But it's, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with Nothing wrong with a quick wit, I think. So she's got that
1: going for her. Steve, what would you say are some of the funnier things that you've discovered about being a seasoned dad, an older dad? Did you
2: phrase the seasoned dad? Did you co- copyright dad. that? I like that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a barbecue book, really. But um, I, well, look, I'm in a different phase of, of life now. And it's actually inspired me to want to take better care of myself because I want to be in as, as good a shape physically to do things with my girls growing up as I can. And I had them late in life. So, you know, I've definitely cleaned up my act, uh, just in terms of routines and habits and, and diet I'm still not, you know, still not the healthiest person in the world, but I realize that the stuff that's going on after 10 o'clock at night now, I, I, I'm okay to miss out on it. You know, <laughs> if, <laughs> I, don't even, I, I I would, I don't even know when the last time I watched a hockey game till the end was, to be honest with you. I'm like, yeah, you boys have fun. I'm going, I'm going to sleep that the outcome of this game is not as important to me as feeling good tomorrow when the girls wake up. So.
1: It's amazing how that happens, isn't
2: it? Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, It feels good. It feels good to kind of go to bed and get up early, go right on the peloton, you know, and just uh, ride like I'm going somewhere.
1: Um, Steve, many parents struggle today, for sure, to find humor in being a parent. There's all kinds of unique challenges uh, that we're aware of, depending on where we are with our ages and stages as parents. What would you suggest to somebody, a parent, a caregiver, um, as somebody who's in the business of making people laugh? To keep things light, uh, even in tough times as a parent.
2: I think you got to look for the little laughs throughout the day and or night and take advantage of every opportunity to make each other laugh, because it's so easy to get bogged down with the little things that add up to big things. And, you know, you're going to be spending the majority of your time with each other. so. If you can make each other laugh, I think that's the best—the best thing there could be. And our, you know, our daughter, our youngest, who's four, um, you know, like like lots of toddlers, she's going through a phase where the word "poop" just makes her laugh. And uh, you know, we'll talk her out of that eventually, but it really brings her so much joy right now. And uh, any joke she tells has the word "poop" in the punchline. If it's not the punchline, just itself. And I know lots of parents want to talk their kids out of any sort of toilet talk but uh it really brings her joy it makes her laugh and you know we we try to refine it and work up from there and she's getting she's working on it she's building her material and Scarlett's material is getting better and better so i think that they the girls love making us laugh and i think that that's a great skill to have and you know i don't laugh at everything they say i don't want to make it too easy for them but they're pretty good and i would just say you know, it only takes about three seconds before you can laugh at almost any situation in parenting that has to do with with a mess that was made. You just got to give yourself that beat and, um, you know, just appreciate that sometimes things are going to be, uh, quote unquote, demolished in your house. But, uh, you know, then it's an obstacle course. And <laughs> it's good for the it's good for your agility. So just jump over those things.
1: So how far away are we from Patterdad Volume 2?
2: Oh, that's a, good, that's a good question. I mean, the material presents itself every day. It's really mm-hmm. just a matter of honing it a bit and, uh, and recording it. But I don't think too long. You know, this could be something that's out. Next year already. Uh if I it depends which phase of life I want to wanna get them out It'll be I would say in the next year or two we'll have the follow-up to, to Patter Dad and maybe the girls will have some guest tracks on the album. I would I would say at least Scarlett will by then for sure. So
1: it certainly is an endless amount of content. Steve Patterson, stand-up comedian, whose latest comedy album is called Patter Dad, Volume One. We appreciate you making time for us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Be sure to watch the full video interview with Steve Patterson, as well as all of our guests at WhereParentsTalk.com. That is our show. Thank you for listening. Hope you'll join us next time.
0: Sign up for Leanne's Parenting Newsletter and so much more at WhereParentsTalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.